Can I just say, uh, on my own behalf and on behalf of Sabina and all those who are working with us this evening, how delighted I am that you're able to be with us. I might say it in our own ancient language for a minute and say, Tau firkin ahas aram guru, refshivan an velin agas kapimhin nilain drom awil chid ko eskasandach saivinis mehin if falchi kalig araroiv. I just want to say that from Sabina and I, uh, there are no group we would more, more, can more, more easily welcome than your good selves. And I just want to say, that I hope that you have a, a very, very good memory of this evening. I'm delighted we've been able to ring the peace bell. And also I want to take an opportunity of thanking Glyn Cree for the wonderful work that they do uh, and, and what they make possible. The tragic bombings that took place in the Mulberry Bush pub and the tavern in the town during the early evening hours of that fateful November day created shockwaves on both sides of the Irish Sea, uniting both our countries in a great sense of mourning for the lives of those that were so tragically lost. Seven women and 14 men, aged between 16 and 51. Now, as I say that, I realise as well then for the people who are with us this evening, I want to say to you, uh, I, as President of Ireland, am so conscious that there are people who are your loved ones and people who are close to ones. They can't actually be accommodated in numerals or gender, to say seven or women. They are, in fact, the people that you loved and that you were close to and that were taken from you. So we come together in a profound spirit then of respecting that. And also something that has ran through all my speeches for the last seven or eight years is that how monstrous it would be to ever say, you must put it all behind you. I would regard such a suggestion of amnesia as close to immoral, if it's certainly amoral. So therefore what one has to do, and this is why Glyn Cree and those who work there are so important, and equally Corrie Mila when I visited Northern Ireland, it is what we have to do is that we have to transact the past. We have to work it. And I think I often quote that great, great Jewish writer, Hannah Arendt, who was saying that the important thing of events that, we would, that you've been dealing with for the last day or two in memory uh, is so that you are able to remove its capacity from blocking your participation in the present or doing things in the future. And that is just something easily said, but not easily managed, because it has to be worked through a whole spectrum of emotions, of all of the emotions. And they are not linear, because they will recur in different times as you deal with what you have lost. I think in the response to the when to to those to that terrible to those terrible events on that November day, I think people were reading the stories of potential lost, the futures destroyed, possibilities terminated, and life plans shattered. And people may have read the names of the victims and the family they left behind, but I think I have to tell you that for the vast majority of people, both here and in our neighbouring island, uh, there was a sense of despair 
at the horror of all of this, our great atrocity committed by those claiming to be acting in the interests of the people of Ireland, and who had no, of course, had not consulted the people of Ireland, but more than since were, in fact, committing a horrific act in a civilian setting, uh, which I, as President of Ireland, so, so, as others do, uh, unhesitantly condemn. But moving on, I think, too, I think, your stories have continued to be written across the, the 45 years that now separate us from that uh, fateful night. And I think one of the things that strikes me as well, and why you are so welcome in the house of the President of Ireland. Sometimes when I'm preparing to go and speak, as I did in Birmingham or in Liverpool and so on, I often think of those are in between 1955 and 1960, a quarter of a million Irish people left and went to England mostly. There's no year it's less than 55,000. Among them, uh, my twin sisters, who will be 80 in a few weeks' time, left to work for British Rail in Manchester. British Rail paid the rail fare and they provided you with accommodation if you worked in their cafeterias. And that's why I have half my family uh, living in the greater Manchester area. But long, long before that, into cities like Birmingham, in cities like Liverpool, and up the, the canal to Manchester, and to Birmingham, this most Irish of cities. Um, in eight days in, after the famine, in 1847, 147,000 Irish people arrived in a 10-day period, and they applied for poor law relief. So the Irish have been coming and going. And also during all of I've spent about my family, there isn't a family in Ireland that hasn't had somebody who has lived abroad and has been, we have been, as we have, we've been a circular migration. And that I say that is the context of these relationships that we had and so on. And that is what gives depth to the horror of what happened. So I think it is, if I say that it is, for example, not it would be wrong to affect amnesia. I do also have the greatest of sympathy because having to live with the idea that their conclusion has not been achieved and closure isn't made possible because of advances that you still think should be made. And I think that I, like, I support you in trying to achieve it in relation to get the institutions to realize that to affect closure, at least information and the knowledge and the full knowledge would be the powerful assistance to that. Uh, I think that you, you've been tirelessly campaigning for the prosecution of those who killed or injured your loved ones. I commend you for that work, and it is my hope that it will achieve a successful resolution. And that, of course, will be in some way lead to the mitigation of the pain that you've endured for so many years. I think if you have been meeting in Glencree and people meet up in Karamila and people accept that they have to transact things and all that to be able to move on, institutions must come to realise too that they must open and they must enable and provide a setting in which all of this can happen. Because you're here in, as the home of the President of Ireland. Because my heart went out to you when I visited you, uh, 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 when I visited you in Birmingham. But you come as parents, children, siblings, grandchildren of those 21 victims who are about going about their usual business. And of course, I think of the 200 who are injured. So you understand, if you like, the great human price 
that, has, that is there for our prejudice and distance and misunderstanding and hatred and tolerance and so on. And you come at a time, really, to, I'm just back from the United Nations, when your presence as people who are beginning and are well on your way of the journey through mutual understanding to who knows what may be possible in the future beyond the point of forgiveness and understanding, when we need this more than ever in a world in which language is again being used so irresponsibly and without, and without consideration as to the consequences. So I thank you for making this journey to Ireland and coming to Oris and Uptron, and you honour Sabina and I and the people here. And I want to say so that I, so, so, because I had quoted a numeral earlier, I think we are, we are really remembering and paying tribute, and you are paying tribute. We are paying tribute to your work in honouring the unquenchable memory of Michael Beasley, Lynn Bennett, Stanley Bodman, James Caddick, Thomas Chater, John Clifford Jones, James Craig, Paul Davies, Jane Davis, Charles Gray, Maxine Hamilton, Anne Hayes, Neil Marsh, Marilyn Nash, Pamela Palmer, Desmond Riley, Eugene Riley, Maureen Roberts, John Rowlands, Trevor Thrupp, and Stephen Wally. And that's why it's so significant that we were able to ring our peace bell 21 times. And I offer you again my sympathy as President of Ireland, but I offer also my encouragement in all of your work, this work that I so recognise. It was a great privilege, as I've said, to have been able to visit Birmingham and of paying my respects at the new memorial to the victims of that appalling act. And the memorial stands too as something very much like celebrating that transition of which Anna Arendt speaks, of when people in order to get past a certain point and remove it from its total, its numbing effect, come together. And I think that that memorial, the committee that was formed, that there's this important, that had a legacy, has left a legacy of an important memorial at the heart of the city of Birmingham. And I'm so pleased, that was one of the reasons in my thinking of how important it is that these families that interact across these spaces, that I appointed Morris Malone in, when, I, when I was so anxious to, to recognise Morris Malone, the Chief Executive of the Birmingham Irish Association, for chairing that committee. But also as well the sheer beauty of it is all, the three steel trees standing there outside New Street Station. They're a symbol of something else as well, and something to which, you know, when we're back from a big meeting on climate change, nature renews itself in its different forms. And the leaves that come again in the trees one year after another, they're never the same leaf, they're new leaves. And I for as well, your lives as well, past all this point, will be leaves with their own colour. And they will be all the better for the fact that you've been able to come together and that you've been able as well, this very last point I want to say, sometimes, as I said, I'm just back from New York, and people say, you know, about international relations and how interdependent we are and about globalisation. I sometimes say how different it would be if we defined our globalisation as an interdependency of vulnerabilities. People are vulnerable in a better way. The grief that each individual relative will suffer in the personal relationship that we'll have. They're as different as all as the intimacies were of the people that were taken from you. And I don't say that you were lost, the people that were taken from you. And I say to you about it all is, is be happy together. 
and celebrate the work that you're doing. And may all your futures, in fact, be ones in which you will be able to see positives out of this visit to the home of the President of Ireland. And again, if I may end, that Douglas Hyde there, the great person who was a, 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 a Church of Ireland man, the first President of Ireland, I'm the ninth, who did so much for the Irish language because many of the people who went to and were given hospitality in our neighbouring island were people to whom the Irish was their first language. So Gwyn Gokrok is Banachtari, Agus Gok Banachtan Tauki, Agus Arisha Mohanainis or Sanladan Gaelis Arvin, Ahasuran Goretunan Vilain. You are so welcome here. You will always be welcome here. Enjoy your evening. Mila Buikas. Thank you.